let's go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle. What's up, Dog Nation? It's Jeff Sintel, and I am your Flip Moss correspondent here for DogNation.com's Before the Hedges. You guys know what Flip Moss means, right? There's no season quite like Flip Moss. Of course, we're celebrating, or we're chronicling, excuse me, we're chronicling the fact that the University of Georgia's back-to-back championship football program flipped a homegrown uh, bulldog from Dublin High School in Middle Georgia. I'm talking about Nasir Johnson. Not now, now folks. He might be maybe replacing some of the reps one day for Nasir Stackhouse across the Georgia defensive line. But this six foot five, three hundred and ten pounder is Nasir Johnson out of Dublin High School. A lot of stuff to talk about. We've got two Dog Nation conversations. We've got one with Nasir, his head coach Roger Holmes, Dublin High School. Uh, Holmes has been there coaching at Dublin High for about 20, 22 years. We're going to have a uh, good, good, good conversation, good extended Dog Nation conversation with junior linebacker commitment, Jaden Perlotti. A lot of folks were worried about that commitment and getting a lot of questions this season about Mr. Perlotti and Buford and his chances of sticking with that December commitment he made almost a year ago. Uh, to Georgia's 2025 class. He's a top 50 prospect. Heck of a football player. It'll be a good update to have with you guys there. We've got, of course, our dog of the week. Dog of the week, uh, that is uh, another Georgia player that we deemed had the very best game of all the Georgia public commitments in the 2024-2025 classes. Uh, We're going to talk break down what I thought was probably the the best piece of recruiting news for Georgia over the weekend, uh, notwithstanding Nasir Johnson's flip. Uh, we're going to break down the other Ole Miss visitors, guys like Travis Smith Jr., the two junior college guys, uh, Jaden Hamlin and Brian Taylor. So lots of stuff to get to. I think the first thing I want to talk about, I like to try and just hit you guys with some really quick jabs, some really quick darts on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. This is going to be an interesting game in Knoxville because – a lot of the recruits that just saw Georgia in Athens, or maybe the past two weeks in Athens, are also going to go up to Rocky Top and watch this, I guess you're going to have to call it the last SEC East showdown for Georgia ever, because those divisions are going away. Uh, Georgia will be up on Rocky Top, and prospects like Juan Gaston Jr., Westlake High School, 2025 behemoth offensive tackle, uh, Travis Smith Jr., his Westlake teammate, uh, Jaden Hamlin, Brian Taylor, uh, excuse me, Brian Taylor, not Jaden Hamlin. Those guys are one of those guys will also be up there who just took his official visit to Georgia. That's one of the junior college targets. They will be up in Knoxville as well, checking out the dogs. Lots of other prospects as well making their way to uh, Knoxville for that game. Kind of interesting news today. You saw, um, I think most people raised their eyes about how Brock Bowers was nominated as a finalist, one of the four or five finalists, I believe, for the uh, Lombardi Award, which goes to the nation's best offensive lineman. Brock Bowers, tight end, receiver maybe, athlete maybe, lineman. I guess he fits the parameters of the of the award since he does line up sometimes on the line. But 
Uh, that's another honor for uh, Brock Bowers to find himself a finalist for that award his junior year. You also saw Malachi Starks, the remarkable Georgia uh, safety, uh, up as a finalist for the Chuck Benaric Award. That Benaric goes to the best defensive player in college football. Uh, Malachi Starks is looking at potentially uh, back-to-back All-American seasons as a sophomore, as a junior uh, for the Dogs. I think he's played so well that people have kind of, you know, maybe not taken full advantage or full appreciation of how steady, spectacular, if that's a term, that Malachi Starks has been for the Dogs lately. Those are a couple quick hitters. Also, forgot to tell you, we're going to have two new, two new little wrinkles. Got two new little twists in the show. We're going to debut our question of the week where I kind of hit you guys with something before the hedges question of the week. Look at that. Isn't that, isn't that so slick? Our graphics department, our one lady graphics department. I just said, you know what? Go with it, girl. Um, act like you're designing the movie poster for the new Hunger Games movie or, or whatever. Act like you're rolling with it. Uh, let's see what you can do. We got the hmm before the hedges question of the week. I hope think you guys will get a, get a kick out of that one. It's going to be really tough. And also what we're going to do is we want to hear your questions. And so like what we're going to do is our crack research staff, our question staff, which might also be our crack graphic staff and production staff, uh, they're going to uh, collect all your questions, and then I'm going to make this call. Look for it. I'm going to call for the the righty. Sometimes hits from the right, left side, but right side. But she threw she threw back in the, her diamond days uh, from the right side on the mound. We're going to call for the bullpen. We're going to she's going to spackle me with some of your questions. So you know, hey, Kaylee, don't play. So you can't give her any of these easy stuff too. Like tee up a good one. Let us know what you think, and that'll be a part of our show as well. Start getting those questions in right now. But, folks, on Before the Hedge is brought to you by Kroger. It's now time for your big five. I teed it up. I put the tide list on the tee earlier. Let's talk about Jaden Perlotti. Let's talk about, you know, he, he said earlier that maybe he wanted to play with K.J. Bolden. He would follow K.J. Bolden. That's what he said over the summer. I think basically because he thought Bolden was probably going to end up in Athens at the time. Uh, he's been taking visits to Auburn, taking visits to Florida State, everywhere. Um, still remains a public commitment to the University of Georgia. And I gave Jaden a lot of leeway on this. Gave him a lot of runway. I finally talked to him after Buford's first playoff game on Friday night. I was like, hey, Jaden. What's the deal? What's the intel there? That's my job to kind of get the intel. And not only did we get a story on dognation.com, we teased it with about a 20-second clip on Twitter. But, like, here's the whole deal. You want to know, you want to hear from the All-American linebacker's uh, thoughts himself. Where is he at? What's the status of his Georgia commitment? That's coming to you right now on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. People wonder, I get this question all the time, Jaden Perlotti, is he going to shake loose? Is he going somewhere else? What do you have to say to everybody about that? Ain't nothing to worry about. I'm always going to be a dog. You know, I just travel around having fun. But I like the wins, and I want to get another back-to-back-to-back ship. So, go dogs. What do you like best about that commitment to Georgia? When you made it, you were solid. You said you might look around. I remember you telling me that. You're still going to enjoy it. What keeps you a dog, man? Well, that's high expectations from Georgia, and this is making me better each and every day. So just keeping that in the back of my head, just, you know, I got a target on my back every team I play, and I just get better each and every day. What do you like about what you've seen from them so far? You go see them every week. Like, how do you feel watching the dogs right now? I really feel like they're doing real good. You know, I talk to Coach Schumann, we sit in meetings, and, like, I play with, like, Raylan Wilson. He played on my 7-on-17. So 
he's young getting in. And I've just been really paying attention to him, just learning from him, already learning the playbook, just the little things. What's the world need to know about Dylan, man? What do you like best about him, having him on your side? Is it the big arm? Is it the brain? What has he got going for him? Just a sweet kid. I mean, just just before, he's just a sweet kid. He's a good friend. He's probably my best friend on this team. So a relationship like that is nothing to lose. Good to keep. I noticed, like, the Texas commitments came and saw him play. And we had two more guys today that are committed to Georgia in his class. They came out. They're going to the game tomorrow. But they came out and watched him, once from Iowa, once from Texas. That's just the kind of guy he is, that he builds those type of relationships, right? I mean, I feel like the 24-25 class relationship is different in Georgia. Because, like, not a lot of schools, like, the commits aren't recruiting other players to play with them. Like, like, like that, like we're doing. I mean, we're, we're – I'm constantly looking for people to come to Georgia. I mean, we done got Bo Walker. We done got – we're building a special class, 24 and 25 class. So, that's, that's what we're Who do you want in 25? If I had Jaden Perlotti's most wanted list, who is it? I know I'm gonna get whoever I pick, but you know, Anquan Figgins, well, I'm still working on him. Zayden Walker, I want him to play beside me. He a dog. Who else? What do you think about Zayden, by the way? Hey. You I seen that film? It. You I watched like it? it? I don't watch it. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna reach out. I'll probably reach out to him this week because I want to play on the same field as him. Wow. Really special player. Jaden, how do you play this year? Uh, I feel like I'm playing pretty good. You know, these games right here are boring. That's how I just got to keep getting better. Got to keep my mind on straight track. Just, we come for it all. Just want to ring. Let's get it. Jaden Perlotti, man, thanks for your time. Huge win for Buford. Playoffs is Buford season. Thank you for your time. Yes, sir. Go dogs. All right, guys. Jaden Perlotti. Everybody asks, what's up with that Jaden Perlotti? And I'm like, well, there you go. You've got a guy that says, don't worry about me. I'm always going to be a dog. He loves to win. I think that relationship with Dylan Raiola is also key there. He articulated that that was his best, uh, that was his best um, relationship on the team, maybe his best friend on the team. Pretty cool to hear that there from uh, an All-American linebacker. He was a five-star when he committed to Georgia. I think he's probably around the number 40 overall prospect in the country right now, Jaden Perlotti. Big future piece of the linebacker room for the dogs. He's already kind of learned the playbook a little bit, he said, and uh, already recruiting for the class. And he's like, he said, did you hear him with a little bit of swagger? He said, uh, I know I'm going to get whoever I want to go for for the class. He was glad to see Bo Walker. He shared his thoughts about Zayden Walker as well. So Jaden Perlotti, you wanted to know, I think we're going to come at you guys next week um, with our first our first top targets for 2025. He is a very big uh committed target for Georgia in the class of 2025 right there at a Buford High School. That's number one. Number two on the list of your big five. We've got it. It's been coming down the track for the last three or four weeks now. This thing's got so much momentum. It is our dog of the week. You've got uh, – the rules are simple here. What we do is we find a dog, got to be committed, and he's got to be a part uh, public commitment of the 2024 or the 2025 recruiting class we really just want a public commitment if there was a public commitment the 2026 class we would also consider him as well but those are the rules what we do is we scour the country we scour the box scores the max preps the local newspaper reports and we try to find the very best game a georgia commit had over the last week and for us this week is pretty easy this is mays high school quintavious johnson about six four and a half maybe six five about 250 
going to be an edge for the dogs in the class of 2024. And you want to talk about some skill sets. Look at this. Quintavious Johnson. This is a dog-type performance. When I saw this one, when I got his information from the stats, I was like, you know what? Do not need to look anymore. I've been covering uh, high school recruits, covering high school football, college recruiting, about 20 years now. And you look at all these things right here and you go, wow. 115 rushing yards. That's pretty good. 115 passing yards. That's pretty good. Four rushing touchdowns. He had 115 rushing yards on 15 carries. Uh, And he also had three sacks and five tackles. Folks, when you get a defensive end in a playoff game, this was against Loganville. He had four touchdowns and three sacks. That's going to get a player of the week honor in just about anywhere in the country because that just doesn't happen right there. Uh, Mays, uh, interestingly enough, they advanced to the second round. Georgia commit for the Mays Raiders. Love those baby blue powder blue uniforms. Those are so smooth. And then you've got, um, I'd love to see some Air Jordan 11s. Wouldn't you like to see some Jordan 11s in kind of those colors a little bit? I, I digress. Uh, they're playing Cass High School. Uh, Sokovi White and Cass High School. Cass knocked off uh, Kel last week on the road on the Peachtree Sports Network last week. Uh, two really great coaches with uh, uh, both coaches there. Uh, you know, Steve, Steve Gates at Cass High School. And um, the great staff, great staff full of really great guys there at Kell High School, by the way. So you'll have dog-on-dog playoffs next week with Sokovi White and uh, Cass on Friday night. And then also Quintavious Johnson and Mays. Uh, they'll be hosting Cass as well. Very interesting there. That is your number two. That is your number two portion segment of our uh, Dog Nations Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Guys, get your digital coupons. I know if you're like me, you're like all those really prepared chefs, kitchen five stars in my home and my extended family. They're already getting those groceries. They're already scouting out the bird. They're already scouting out the cranberries. They're already scouting all that stuff. But the one thing they don't have to scout out is where they need to go, and that's to go to Kroger. Get it done. Go to Kroger. Take care of everybody for your family and reduce the drama. Uh, That's a good way to describe a happy Thanksgiving. You reduce the drama. Next up on our big five, number three, we teased it. We talked about it all all show. Uh, I want you to pay attention to the Easter egg in this clip. We got a we got a package coming. This is a breakdown of new Georgia defensive line commitment. Nasir Johnson out of Dublin High School. He's the 28th commitment in Georgia's 2024 class. He just took his official visit this weekend for the Ole Miss game. He grew up a dog. He committed to Florida over the summer, and now he goes from being the 10th rated highest prospect in Florida's class, pretty good pretty good spot there with the Gators. And now he joins the dominant dogs, the back-to-back national champion dogs, uh, number one team in the BCS, number one team in the AP. And he becomes the 20th highest play, rated player right now at number 208 overall. So you can tell you one about the Gators and that great recruiting class they're having. It is a great recruiting class for Florida. They're restocking the cupboards a little bit. But the difference in the gulf between these two programs are still there. Uh, Nasir Johnson goes from the number 10 overall prospect in Florida's 2024 class, uh, flips to the dogs, and he becomes the number 20 overall prospect, the 20th highest rated prospect in Georgia's 2024 top ranked class for 2024. We had a great conversation with uh, Roger Holmes, who has been the head coach of the Dublin High Fighting Irish 
for about 22 years, I believe. We wanted to know what he thought about Nasir. We wanted to know what Dog Nation needed to know about Nasir. And that's coming for you right now down the track on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. Yeah, he's a tremendous athlete. He's a good kid. Uh, you know, he's done a little bit of everything for us. He started as an O-lineman uh, when he was a sophomore. He played center. Junior year, he started in the D-line at D-tackle and played offensive tackle. And this year, he's playing offensive guard and defensive tackle. So, smart kid, understands football, uh, and has continued to develop all through his career. And probably his best football was still in front of him. He's 6'5". I think he's somewhere between 300 and 305. Wow. He might have put on a little bit more. I don't know. I know when we got him this summer, he was at 300. Coach, what's the, the most important thing? I mean, that's to you the most impressive thing about him as a football player and also as a young man. Well, number one, he is a phenomenal young man. But the thing I told him the other day I was most proud about is there's a lot of high school kids that jump on the radar like he did, and everybody just starts coming out of the blue after this kid. They get the big head. They're more concerned about their future than they are the team that they're on. And and that just speaks high of Nasir's character. Although he's been dealing with all this and it's been hard on him, uh, he showed up for us to work every day, and he's been a, he's been a complete team player. Coach, what, you know, there's a, obviously it was a lot of pressure for him to start out in Florida. And then I know most of Lawrence County are Bulldog fans, man. Um, what are, what are the dogs going to get in, uh, Nasir, man? Is it, how would you describe the type of athlete? I mean, you think he's a three? You think he's a five? Like, what do you think technically wise he could be? Well, I think he'll be an inside D lineman, either on the nose or if they're in an even front, he'll probably be a three technique. Uh, you know, and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that depending on their depth and what they have, there's a chance that he could end up moving over to the offensive side. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I'm talking to a beat writer today uh, for them, and, and, and one of the points I think that's, that's kind of neat is at Dublin, small school, our kids go both ways. Mm-hmm. So he he really, if you look at a four-year high school career, if you're splitting practice time evenly down the middle, he's had two years of defensive work and two years of offensive work, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, you're not just working on one side of the ball where you can refine all of the, uh, you know, the little tricks of the trade, if you will. Uh, and I think wherever he settles in, uh, I think he, he wants to play defense. But it's, you know, he's a team football player, or he always has been for us. Whatever's going to make the team better, he's willing to do. Um, Coach, I know he throws the shot. I know he throws the discus. He, I've seen him flip, and I know he can probably pull like a banshee for you on a counter play. Like, what's the most athletic thing you've seen him do? Throw a football 70 yards. 70 yards? Yeah. Wow. Is <laughs> it convinced you to let him throw it at all? No. Uh, we, we did something the other day. I forget what it was. And he was 
saying, Coach, you let me throw it. But, you know, one of the things he doesn't do for us, but he may be our best, seeing long snap like crazy, too. Ouch. Wow. What doesn't he do, man? Yeah, he's, uh, like I say, he's, for a big guy, he's very athletic. He, you know, he plays basketball, and it's not the quickest cat in the world on the basketball court, but he's got a nice touch, you know. Uh, like I said, he throw a football. I've seen him throw it 70 yards. Uh, that's not unheard of. Uh, he'll pick up a football on the practice field. We're headed to break and throw one about 45 yards down the field, try to hit the crossbar, and I'll be darned if he don't do it quite often. Ouch. Wow. You know, if he's a little more mobile, maybe I'd have been in the gun and slinging it everywhere with him. Maybe I was. <laughs> Coach, how much better is he going to get? You mentioned the limited practice time. How much better can he get focusing on one side of the ball, you think? Well, I think the sky's the limit. He's got to continue to, you know, improve in his overall strength. It's not that he's weak, but he's he just turned. You know, hey, he's a young kid. He's not one of these 19-year-olds graduating. You how old is he? Uh, I don't know if he's turned 18 yet, to be honest with you. Hmm. Uh, he's he's not a he's not one of these. You can put this as a safe way to say it. He's not one of those nineteen year olds that's coming out his senior year. Mm. Uh, he's still got some of that manly growth that's going to come into him. He's uh, he's going to continue to get stronger, more physical, I think. And as he does that, I can see you know him making a big impact. What's up, guys? How you think about that? Nasir Johnson. A uh, couple things. Uh, he's about 6'5", plus about 305. He will not be able to enroll early. He's got to go his entire senior year. We'll participate in track. We'll also play basketball. Yeah, that's right. He's going to play basketball. Not the fastest guy up and down the court, but not the slowest either. Uh, he will not be able to enroll early, like I said. And uh, pretty funny. I asked Coach Holmes, like, what's his, you know, what's your memory that you'll have? And, it kind of shows his temperament a little bit. He said, well, his older brother is actually, he signed with Kennesaw State. And last year during the playoffs, his older brother and him were running an inside drill. Things got a little heated. And they literally were playing the feud. And I don't mean family feud with Steve Harvey either. They were going at it. They had to be separated. Uh, brother versus brother, civil war right in the middle of the practice field. So, a dude that's going to fight his brother will certainly on the practice field will certainly, um, certainly uh, tee it up and will certainly uh, toe the line and uh, deal with some Gators and some Crimson Tide and some Longhorns and everything else, Seminoles, Wolverines, Buckeyes in between. Uh, really impressive young man. Like I said, did you catch that part about positional versatility? They said he could be a nose, a shade nose, maybe a three, an interior defensive lineman. Did you see the flips he he was doing in the middle of that interview? Like, I pulled some video, and that wasn't the Malik Herring, Dog Nation signature somebody flipped. That was actually Nasir, who was doing some flips last summer at 6'5", 290 pounds, still a great athlete. To hear that part about his coach that he can throw a football 70 yards, 70 yards, this is an offensive, this is a defensive lineman. The other thing Holmes said that was really intriguing is he said it wouldn't surprise him if he actually wound up on the offensive side of the ball, given some depth, depending on whether Georgia needed it. He said he would do whatever it took to take the team. Isn't that impressive? 
But he did uh, articulate, he did share with uh, me that uh, Coach Holmes, his coach, Nasir's coach at Dublin High School, that the preference for Nasir is to be a defensive lineman. That's certainly what George is going to give him the shot to do here. Guys, that is an A to Z, really quick um, 411 on everything you need to know about Nasir Johnson, the newest Georgia flip, the number 28 member of Georgia's 2024 top ranked signing class. I thought that was very interesting. Uh, moving on. Now we got number four on Dog Nations Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Four fingers in the air. Wave them like you just don't care. You do care because you're watching Before the Hedges. Uh, we've got uh, – this is kind of like I'm just going to give kind of a free association what comes to mind about this weekend's visits besides the Nasir Johnson flip. Uh, first of all, Georgia hosted two other official visits. Those are That's Jaden Hamlin and Brian Taylor. Let me see if I can kind of – kind of maybe maybe dialogue with you guys a little bit and kind of chop up what's happening there. Brian Taylor's a defensive end. Maybe he could play the four-eye to the nine technique. That is kind of a Michael Williams-type player, a Trayvon Walker-type player. He's 6'5", 270, junior college player. So he is, he, we know these junior college stories, guys. Junior college players, I always refer to them. It's kind of common in the junior college world that there's a rose growing up among the concrete. Um, Brian Taylor actually uh, graduated in 2020, didn't have his grades right. He was an offensive lineman back then. If he had his grades right, he said he probably would have went to Alabama. The pandemic year of 2020, there was no junior college football being played, and then he took the 2021 season off. During that year, 2021 season, he worked at a U-Haul store. He worked for U-Haul, so that taught him very much about football, how much the game mattered to him, how much he would never take it for granted. Um... He lost some weight. He was about 310 pounds in high school. He lost some weight, got all the way down to 248. He's 270 now, uh, a defensive player. Uh, He'd taken official visits to Auburn and Oklahoma State. Georgia was this past weekend. He's going to be in Tennessee and Knoxville this weekend. Um, He wants to make his decision in the middle of of December before the early signing period. and really, the other junior college guy had a similar story, Jaden Hamlin. He's out of Alabama. He grew up an Auburn fan. But his schools, he's kind of really locked in and looking at are kind of like LSU, Georgia, Mississippi State. He goes to Southwest Community College in uh, the state of Mississippi. Really loved the visit. He called it, and I quote, I'm sorry for the Sunday school teachers out there, a hell of an experience to be in Athens on Saturday with Georgia. He loved every minute of it. He soaked it up. One thing both of those young men told me is that it was really powerful to them how the fans just wrapped the team up in love. They wrapped the former players up in love. And then they got to thinking. They saw Jordan Davis. They saw McCole Hardman. They saw Nolan Smith. They were like, hold on. These guys are in the pros, and this is their off week. And they're back here in Athens. Kind of affirmed to them and was a pretty big tell that Everything everybody's saying about Georgia being special, Georgia being different, um, it was true because here are these guys that are out of Athens, their dreams are coming true in the NFL, and yet they return to live it up amongst the Dog Nation faithful in Sanford on Saturdays. That was really telling. I think um, Jaden told me he was being pretty honest as he says, I'm not going to lie, there was a couple mo- there was at least a, a couple moments when him and Brian Taylor just looked at each other. They said if they, if they sign with the same school, they're going to rent a house together. But they kind of looked at each other and they're like, okay, when something just dropped their jaws and they were like, is this for real? They had moments where they thought about committing, but they held off on that. They want to kind of go through the process, see all their schools right there. 
I think Georgia put itself in a very good position with both of those young men there, uh, so much to the point when I wonder what would happen if both of those guys want to jump in the class and then so does uh, like Makai Barreau as well. Something to consider there about maybe the first two guys in the class. Um, I know Georgia would want to go into the portal in the 2024 cycle as well for some older defensive linemen, guys like Hamlin and Brian Taylor as well. So that'll be very intriguing to watch. Georgia could end up taking like 17, 18 guys in the trenches, maybe six or seven, uh, eight on the defensive line, and then also the six they have on the offensive line. Another another big (coughs) – excuse me (coughs) – Another big visit for me on um, that I that I kind of tracked and thought was a big visit was Travis Smith Jr. That's the Westlake receiver, four-star wide receiver. He he says Brian McClendon says what you any, what you waiting on? You're my guy. Anything going on? He continued to feel like a priority. The dogs welcomed him and his basically his whole family in a row in the West End Zone. They also invited uh, Travis to come down and watch pregame warm-ups on the field, watch Georgia's receivers go through their paces. He thought that was a trip. He really got into the mental aspect of a day in the life of a Georgia Bulldog receiver. He's going to make a top five, maybe your top seven in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you can go ahead and book it that the dogs are going to be in that one. I think he is a priority alpha target for Georgia in the 2025 recruiting class right there. Georgia had another good visit there with Elijah Griffith, the number one overall player in the country out of Savannah. Um, kind of going through the list, Amari Adams was another great player. They got back into Athens for a second time this year. Marcellus Barnes, the Virginia Tech commitment. Now, there's a lot going on there. Like, first of all, Marcellus, and that'll be the next update I write up on the pages of dognation.com, but I'll give you guys a little teaser trailer uh, here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. Um, He's committed to Virginia Tech still publicly. Um, He will not be able to make it back to Virginia Tech, he feels, before the early signing period. Uh, Georgia and Ole Miss are his two major contenders, uh, remaining contenders outside of the Virginia Tech commitment. He was looking to take an official to both Ole Miss and Georgia. If he goes to Georgia, that'll have to be in December after the SEC championship game. Uh, But he likes a lot of what he's hearing at Georgia. He got a chance with some really good one-on-one time with Kirby Smart. Um, was really impressed with what he heard. Georgia, he has very few questions remaining about Georgia. He knows Georgia can get him to the league. He knows Georgia can develop him and fit everything he's looking for. And really, amongst those contenders, his family lives in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Athens, the home of the back-to-back national champions, is also the closest location-wise. He said the biggest things for him, uh, location uh, NFL development and relationships with the coaches. I feel Georgia knocked that visit out of the park with Marcellus Barnes Jr., currently a three-star defensive back commitment to Virginia Tech. Um, I guess those are kind of the big recruiting stories, but we got one more for you, and that is the number five on our big five. And this is something we've been talking about on Hedges for most of the last four or five weeks of the, the season. It was what's up with Showtime Nitro Tuggle. Uh, Nitro Tuggle, uh, Georgia wide receiver commitment. He had not made a visit to Athens for a game this season. Well, that changed this weekend. He was back in Athens for the Ole Miss game. He enjoyed himself. He got to do another photo shoot. He got to bathe in the love of the fans and the crowd and the atmosphere in Sanford Stadium. It was a great visit, so much to the point that I've been told that Georgia has reaffirmed uh, the commitment that uh, things are still very good with Nitro Showtime Tuggle. 
I would expect him at this time to still remain in the Georgia football class. And I don't know if I could have said that maybe one week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. That's how big this visit this weekend was for Nitro Showtime Tuggle. I had a really key source uh, tell me regarding that situation that they felt that Nitro was locked into the class with the dogs. And for a, a, a class that has everything else uh, you could really ask for as a nation's number one class, I think this class still stands to me the way I think it can finish to be the greatest offensive defense all-around class of Kirby Smart's time at Georgia. I realize that's saying quite something, but keeping Nitro Tuggle in the class has to be a part of that because they need those offensive uh, explosive guys, and I think that's what Nitro Showtime Tuggle is all about. Guys, that is number five. We just clipped through the big five here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Um, now, like I kind of teased it, we got a new thing. This is the question of the day, question of the night, um, question of the week here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. And this is a tough one. I uh, actually uh, shared it with some folks on social media earlier this afternoon, but I got into a, you know, one of those good tailgate conversations before and after. Most of them were after, considering I was working the old Miss game. But, um, you know, the Rushmore topic always comes up. You know, who were the four Bulldogs you would put on Rushmore? And, folks, everybody always says offensive players. They say, they now they say Herschel Walker. They say Stetson Bennett. They say, um, some people say Todd Gurley. Some people say Brock Bauer. Some people say Charlie Trippi. Some people say Frank Sinkwich. On and on and on. Everybody goes to the offensive players. Garrison Hurst makes a lot of lists there. Nick Chubb makes a lot of lists there. The one, they, the one thing that never really comes up, especially for a defensive-minded program, is what about the defensive side of the ball? I think that Rushmore topic really never does justice to the great defensive players that Georgia has had throughout their annals. And, and so that's my question for you tonight. I want you to think about your defensive Rushmore. Four guys, four dogs. Who do you believe are the four greatest defensive players in Georgia Bulldog football history? Folks, that is a whopper, a gully washer of a question. That degree of difficulty there is tremendous. That's Kilimanjaro size difficulty right there. Um, that is a tough one. I mean, you know, the way I look at the Rushmore, I love to hear, you know, hit me up, hit everybody, the feeds right now on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, on uh, YouTube as well. What are your four? And it is very hard because you start thinking about guys like Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean. I mean, just look at the Kirby era. Jordan Davis, N'Kobe Dean. Um, you've got Quay Walker. You've got Jalen Carter. you got Trayvon Walker. you got Nolan Smith. Um, you know, you keep going around. You keep going up and down. Chris Smith was a worthy guy. And then the Kirby Smart era extends to Roquan Smith. We mentioned N'Kobe Dean. Uh, what about Jarvis Jones? What about Bill Stanfield back in the 60s? What about George Patton? What about Terry Hogue? What about David Pollock? What about Jarvis Jones? That question, my friends, is tremendously difficult. That is a brain teaser. I don't know if we'll ever have a harder question of the week, but we're going to have fun with these. I just want to get you guys thinking, going back and forth, enjoying the dialogue and debate of all things sports. But um, I can't throw a question of the week out without giving you my four. My four, and I, I, I got to give respect to a lot of er eras here. Uh, I go Champ Bailey. He actually played both ways. I think Champ Bailey is the best athlete to ever play at the University of Georgia, considering what he did on both sides of the ball and special teams. I went David Pollock, the, a three-time All-American, the only three-time All-American in Georgia football history, along with Herschel Walker. These next two got really tough for me. I went Roquan Smith, 
simply because I don't know if I've seen a linebacker quite like Roquan at the University of Georgia, how he propelled them past Oklahoma, how he propelled that first year, that resurgent kind of renaissance year for Georgia football in 2017. Uh, was just a brilliant linebacker, and that begat like guys like N'Kobe Dean and now Shmuel Munden and Jamon Dumas-Johnson and you know Quay Walker and Monty Rice, and now you've got C.J. Allen and you got Raylan Wilson, and now you got Justin Williams and Chris Cole and Christopher Jones. The train just keeps going down the track there with great linebackers. And then my fourth one, gosh, it was so tough. I, I, I went Terry Hogue because people are going to be like, Terry Hogue, I just feel the Rushmore question has to have some sort of um, – respect to all the eras like if somehow they made the chance for the Rushmore to span 140 years of presidents on Rushmore they go from uh, George Washington to Abraham Lincoln to Thomas Jefferson Teddy Roosevelt um, I think you got to have some variants you just can't have them all plucked out of the modern era very hard for me to leave a name like uh, Jarvis Jones and uh, Thomas Davis off the list but I went Pollock Bailey uh, Roquan Smith and Terry Hogue. Those are my four. You guys have a wide range of, range of opinions to choose from. There's like 12 names, I think, that could fit into anybody's uh, Rushmore, Georgia defensive side of the ball. And if you shared them with me, I'd be like, yeah, those are pretty good too. I can't argue with that. I think just that question is fun. And I think that um, gives a lot of respect to Georgia's great uh, football history as well. Um, you know, you had Alex Waller brings up one Jalen Carter. Uh, Mike Christopher has uh, Nicobe Dean Champ Bailey. Um, Randy Payne brings up Scott Warner. That's another great name from lots of errors. I think you got to mention Jake Scott in this debate as well. Um, so it is just really, really tough. People could say uh, Ben Zambiazzi. Uh, Taylor Russell says Jarvis Jones. And, you know, that's just really, you know, the, the hardest thing for me is like speaking as a sports writer, you got to have some sort of gauge or governor around that conversation. And for me, I've got to include guys that were a unanimous All-American. I think that's how you just kind of put your arms around that conversation. Guys, that is my, that is our first Dog Nation question of the week. If you guys have a question for tonight, remember we already had a call to action earlier. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna. I want you to get your questions, your recruiting questions in here. We're gonna answer them in about maybe five or ten more minutes at the back end of the show. We always try to put together a live Q and A. Now's the time to get those questions in, and we'll get rolling with that. But now, you you know what it is? It's the things on Thanksgiving dinner. You know, it's got to be this. It's got to be the. Maybe some bread pudding. It's got to be the stuffing. It's got to be the turkey. It's got to be the ham. It's got to be the dressing or the stuffing, depending on whether you're a Yankee or you're from the South. Um, got to be some cranberries. I like me some squash casserole as well. But these are the staples that have to be a part of every Before the Hedges show. When we built this show a long time ago, we're talking about what's going on right now, but we also got to give you a good um, 10,000 foot view of everything going on with Georgia football recruiting. Let's take a look at that right now with our current. Uh, class breakdown, and I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait, guys, because I can't wait to see what Miss Kaylee Mansell does with these defensive linemen we continue to add. Is she going to shrink her font? Is she going to just put a big oval track around it? Can't wait till we see the defensive slide. But looking at offense, let me see. I'm going to start with tight ends. So uh, Colton Heinrich was there with his, with his family. He enjoyed himself. Another great trip there. Um, Marquez Easley. His team is now out of the playoffs. Uh, Malachi Tolliver, he was in Athens on Saturday. Daniel Calhoun is in there almost every he's – the, he's the, Daniel Calhoun's there every week. Him and his Walton High Raiders are a force to be reckoned with in the 7A playoff. you got Michael Uni, 
guys, you got to get this right. You sitting on a knee. Michael Uni was actually in Athens this weekend. His season's over. He came out and he watched the Buford High game, checked out Dylan Riola. Folks, those two guys are really tight. Let me tell you this story really quickly. The Polynesian pipeline is certainly building at the University of Georgia. First, you've got Dylan Riola. Now you've got Michael Uni. Uh, his family, actually, I'm kind of hearing through the grapevine that his family is considering moving to the state of Georgia uh, to uh, relocate so they can watch Michael play on Saturdays. Uh, in Athens, and then also uh, his younger brother, Marquez Uni, who is a class of 2026 offensive line prospect. Really good-looking kid, already has an offer from Georgia. Looks more like a guard. He's about 6'5", 295 right now, just a sophomore, and already holds the offer from Georgia. Those two guys really got along, but those two guys are the first Polynesian players that will be at the University of Georgia. According to my research, and I've been working on this topic for quite a while, since the late 90s when Kamika Mitchell um, came to Georgia, spent one year at Georgia before he transferred to South Florida. But um, Polynesian Pipeline, folks, if you don't understand it in college football, um, one of the things, this has always been relayed to me, that Polynesian folks, the, the uh, uh, Pacific American folks, they're very tribal. They like to uh, follow, uh, they call, it's kind of called like something that's been referred to me as wayfinders. They like to follow their own people. When there's someone there, like in college football, uh, if you can recall, Tua Tango Valoa went, went to Alabama and there were not any Polynesian players, South Pacific players at Alabama until Tua kind of paved the way. Now you're seeing that with Polynesian players with both Dylan Riola and Michael Uni now in the 2024 class in Athens. Um, Dylan told me that he kind of greeted Michael when he saw him at his game on Friday. He called him Us, and that's a um, Polynesian term, a Samoan term, which means brother, Usa, and uh, that was really cool for them to be able to do that. Um, we mentioned Nitro Tuggle at wide receiver. Sokovi White, his team won. He had a brilliant game last week against Kel. Uh, Cass rolls on in the Georgia Class 5A playoffs. Chauncey Bowens, the – the other flip that Georgia had from Florida in the 2024 class, he was in Athens on Saturday soaking it up. Looked like he really liked it as well. Um, Dwight Phillips Jr., he was our dog of the week last week. Um, I, I, I got to get you guys this. This was something cool. Um, Ryan Puglisi, he flipped me a video, and I'll have to show it to you guys next week because we had a lot of stuff going on with this show. He flipped me a video last week of his mom singing the Star-Spangled Banner on social media for his senior night at Avon Old Farms. And I was like, man, that's amazing. Can I share it on socials? And look at you guys, you Dog Nation folks on social media. I tweeted it out. I shared it out. And that, that one simple little tweet had over 100,000 views in just a single day. Uh, she was great. Mama Puglisi killed it. Uh, the young folks say she bodied it, which means she like, you know, basically body slammed it. She was great at it. Um, was really, really, really good. Some people were tweeting hashtag the voice uh, on social media. Uh, she can really sing, and it's really funny. Um, his mother said basically she's really good. She can sing a few songs, and she's great at raising dogs. But uh, really brilliant voice, and I, so much to the effect that I was like, man, maybe, maybe Ryan, who's a great baseball player and a great football player, is no longer the most talented member of the Puglisi family. I wonder if Mama Pug can uh, look off of safety or play the piano or anything like that. Really good stuff. I can't wait to show it to you guys on um, Before the Hedges to Come. Uh, hey, there's, there's Drew Miller. Drew Miller, you remember him from last week? 
This is the Drew Miller uh, tribute slide. He was our live guest last, last, last week. If you guys didn't see it, we had the nation's number one punter on. Uh, he was in Athens on Saturday. He came to Athens. He also hung out with Dylan Raiola uh, prior to the Buford game. They, uh, he got a chance to see him play, and it's kind of funny. I shared a, a couple conversations with Drew, and I was like, you remember that joke about how Brett Thorson said, I think Stetson Bennett hates me because he never lets me play football? Of course, that was a joke because Stetson was scoring so much that Brett, punt, Brett Thorson never got a chance to punt his first season in Athens. I was like, man, you're going to get some of those vibes with Raiola throwing all these touchdowns, and he kind of shook his head. He was a good sport about it. Um, class breakdown, that's your special teamer, your one very special teamer. And look at this. Look at this. Miss Kaylee Mantell's defensive line portion of this breakdown. It's kind of looking like 285 at about 445, 515 on any day, especially when I'm trying to get in the office to record before the hedges. Um, Justin Green. Jordan Thomas, Quintavious Johnson, our dog of the week, Joseph Jonah, John Ye, his team uh, stayed alive in the Texas UIL state playoffs. Nimondi Ogboko, he was in Athens again on Saturday as well. Nasir Johnson, the newest Georgia football bulldog flip commit, he was also, also in Athens as well. Chris Cole, um, Christopher Jones, and Justin Williams. Christopher, excuse me, Christopher C. Jones actually was in Athens on Saturday. His season's over. But he got to soak up the final home game of the season as well. Always great to see Christopher make his way back to Athens as he recovers from his surgery on his toe. Andre Evans, DeMello Jones, and Ellis Robinson the fourth. That rounds out your class breakdown. Uh, we were just going to speed through the defensive side right there. Recruiting snapshot, uh, 28. They have as many commits right now as days in the month in February outside of a leap year. One number one nationally now, 15 offense, 12 defense. That number goes up. The in-state commitments goes up with the Nasir Johnson. 17 commitments in the SEC footprint. The state with the most commitments now is Georgia, all the way up to nine. Look at that. Four five-stars, six top 50 commits, nine top 100 commits, 16 top 150 commits. That's over 10% of all the top 150 players in the country and right at 10% of the top 200 guys as well. Lastly, and our slides of the week. Let's take a look at our top targets. Uh, and I'm gonna be honest. Let me be, just be crystal clear. There's really not a much difference in my mind now between number one and number five. If somebody wanted to say yada yada yada, Seinfeld-ish right here, Cam McKell, Marcellus Barnes, Brian Taylor, Jaden Hamlin, they might be number two when they're number four or number five. I get you. I, the way I look at it right now, a lot of these names are interchangeable. I mean, I actually, if I had to do this do this remaining target board a different way, I would, might even put Cam McKell first and maybe Brian Taylor and Jim, Jaden Hamlin second just because they're older and they're more veteran bodies, which uh, Trey Scott told both the junior college guys that think about this for your defensive line a second. Really good chance that uh, Terrell Walthor is gone. He's going to be gone. He's exhausted his eligibility. Zion Logue's going to be gone. Nazir Stackhouse is going to be gone. Um, Georgia will really go through a lot of their veteran defensive linemen up front. Um, that's why the dogs need to replenish that group with veteran big boy bodies to handle down and anchor down the trenches in the SEC. Uh, that's why those JUCO targets are so appealing right now to the University of Georgia. And I'll be honest, um, some of the high school prospects, we've talked about them all season long on Before the Hedges. The high school prospects are asking for a lot of money. Uh, in terms of NIL enhancements to their offering. And that's just just really a byproduct of what's happening here. The high school kids who are 18 years old and probably at least 
two years away, one to two years away from playing like a place like Georgia, except for the top ten prospects in the country, those five-star guys like Williams, Winery. Um, they might not be ready to play, and they're kind of commanding a higher offering right now in the collection plate for uh, name, image, and likeness uh, coming out of high school. Those are your top remaining targets. Um, very interesting. Like we teased in our show earlier today, you can look for us to have – Top targets for 2025 next week as we put together our show. Next week's show won't be live. We'll have to tape it because obviously it's a time for families next week, Wednesday night. It's Thanksgiving Eve, and uh, the Dog Nation before the Hedges staff will probably be uh, over the river and through the woods, pretty close to Grandma's house, wherever we're going to go. Now's the time. You guys got any questions? I'm going to call for the right-hander out of the pen uh, slinging that heat. Got some questions for us today. Miss Kaylee, what have you found on the socials for questions tonight? Oh, I've been rummaging all night. So we're going to start with some of the earlier comments. Tom Lavelle from Facebook wants to know, if we lose Glenn Schumann to a head coaching job, could that potentially cause any people to decommit? That's a good question. Um, uh, here's what I think. I think – I think Glenn Schumann is quite happy where he's at right now. I think he's quite happy with being uh, a teacher, uh, with coaching the best linebacker collection that the University of Georgia is probably ever going to have until maybe three or four years later. But the best one so far, when you think about it, he's got two more years to coach C.J. Allen, Raylan Wilson, uh, guys like that. And he's going to have three more years at least to coach Justin Williams, Chris Cole, and Christopher Jones. Talk about an elite linebacker unit with elite traits right there. Uh, I think right now, folks, you got to remember, Tom, great question. you got to remember, I say this often, uh, Glenn Schumann could, co could be the assistant at Georgia for five, six more years and still be younger than Kirby Smart was when he took the Georgia job coming out of, out of Alabama. In short, I don't see uh, Glenn Schumann as a candidate to leave Georgia at this time for a Texas A&M or a Mississippi State right now. I think he's quite happy and content in Athens with his young family and the future of Georgia football looking pretty bright. Now, I'll be honest, I've actually entertained the thought a lot that um, Glenn Schumann's kind of personality right now, you hear from folks, it's kind of like Mickey Andrews was with Bobby Bowden back in the 90s, where it might just be happy being Kirby's DC for decades. Um, so that's what I think right now. I, I think a lot of people got to remember that Kirby Smart is kind of the head of the everything at the University of Georgia. He's such a defensive brainchild and kind of the nexus of everything. So most recruits look at it as they would give Kirby Smart the benefit of the doubt to find the next Glenn Schumann to coach linebackers at the University of Georgia. All right, this next one is from Randy Hall off of DogNation.com. He wants your Sintel's intel on how many commits do we end up having at the end of recruiting season? Mm. Good question. Jeffrey. Good question, uh, Kaylee. I'm going to go, Randy. Hey, thanks for the question, by the way. I hope, Randy, you and all your folks have a great Thanksgiving this week. Same thing to Tom as well. But uh, I think the number is going to grow a little bit. I think the number probably is 31 right now. I can see Georgia closing with uh, maybe both of those def those junior college uh, defensive line targets and then perhaps maybe the defensive back, Marcellus Barnes. I think that's kind of, you know, Cam McHale up in the air. be interesting to see what happens there. But um, – very interesting, uh, the close to Georgia's 2024 class. And I think the stabilization of the Nitro Tuggle commitment means that Georgia might go 31-32 in this class. Something else to remember, guys. You wonder about where all these players going from, where the room is going to be created at the end, so to speak, for a big signing class of more than 30 high school players or 
Think about this for a second. Um, Georgia is kind of expected to lose, I would say, uh, potentially Tate Ratledge, but definitely Xavier Truss, um, Cedric Von Prong Granger. I think Amarius Mims is a guy that would, would very likely go pro. And then you've got, you know, other guys on the offensive line like Chad Lindbergh that's been around Athens forever. Um, Brock Bauer certainly looks like an NFL prospect. Um, you got on the other side of the ball uh, a guy like Kamari Lassiter. Uh, what's going to happen with Xavier Sori? He's been he's been kind of in and out playing of late. Um, so there's a lot of places, a lot of a lot of members of the team. Brett Thorson we think is going to go pro as well. That's why Georgia uh, has a scholarship uh, freshman punter that they're going to be bringing in on scholarship in Drew Miller. So a lot of turnover. You look at the wide receiver position: Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint, Lad McConkey. Um, lots of receivers then that in the receiver position that we see kind of turning over. So George's going to have a lot of slots to fill, regardless of the guys that go pro. So Kevin Flew on Facebook wants to know if Ellis Robinson is he the probable replacement for Kamari Lasseter just based on sheer talent? Yeah, he is. Uh, great question. Uh, I think Ellis is the most skilled slash talented cornerback that Georgia will sign, has signed in the Kirby Smart era. And I want to tiptoe through a minefield here because, man, Eric Stokes was so raw, but such had a great passion and willing to learn and get better and to soak it up. I think A.J. AJ Harris is great. Kamari Lassiter is great. Tyson Campbell was great. He was a, a raw cornerback playing excellent for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL right now. Uh, but he was the nation's number one corner coming out of high school but hadn't played a lot of corner. But I think Ellis Robinson the fourth is the real deal. I think I could see him this time next year maybe working his way into a starting position in Athens. He is that talented length, technique, skill, been against the best, mentality, number one corner in the country. I think Ellis Robinson has a chance uh, to definitely be a type of guy that could play right away in Athens. CK Emmett fan on YouTube said, with the Nasir flip, and potentially no bowl game for the lousy sinking Gators, does Florida start to lose more commitments? Oh, yeah. I, I don't think yet because I think the one thing Florida has is they can um, – I th- I have you guys noticed what's happening with Jer- Jermaine Smith right now? Uh, lots of people think that Jeremiah Smith, excuse me, the number one player in the country, the number one wide receiver in the country, who has now scrubbed his Instagram and socials of all things Ohio State after he just visited Florida State this weekend for the Miami game. Uh, maybe that's a situation where he can up his NIL package in terms of having um, going to the right school, going to the school, going to the highest bidder. But uh, watch, just watch what happens if Florida State ends up getting a guy like uh, Jer- Jer- they get Jeremiah Smith, the number one wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers in the last four or five years. Uh, it's funny how a lot of people on our airwaves kind of refer to them as the lousy, stinking more than anything else, like the Gators. Uh, but, you know, actually, I, you know, I think the Gators are trying to build their team from a good base. I like their defensive side of the ball. I like their defensive coordinator there. I like the Northwest Georgia roots from Billy Napier. But it's just going to be really hard with Georgia so um, powerful and casting such a big shadow in the state of Florida, much less you see Florida State and Miami amping up their efforts. I think the, a lot of the roots – of a turnaround at Florida are going to be kind of chopped off and they're just going to be kind of choked out in terms of trying to get some real momentum there um, with a lot of players. And I think, and really the main thing for the Gators 
until they start adding offensive linemen like like Georgia does and prioritizing the the offensive side of the ball with like top 100, top 200 offensive linemen, I think they're always going to kind of be in stasis in terms of trying to reclaim the old magic. William Camacho on Facebook wants to know if we're going to have any more flips by the end of this year. Any Christmas presents, Jeff? Yeah, Flipmas. We started our show talking about Flipmas. So I don't know if the Terrell Anderson flip from NC State feels as likely. I think Georgia might have a thought there. Do they want to – do they get Cam McHale hot and cold? I think he's trending upward right now for Cam McHale. And I think Cam McHale would probably be the choice over Terrell Anderson, the NC State commitment. And then also you got to think about – I actually think the most likely place that Georgia will go for receivers outside of Sokovi White and outside of uh, Nitro Showtime Tuggle in this class would be the transfer portal like they did with Dominic Lovett and like they did with Rara Thomas. I think you're holding out on us. Tell us what you know. <laughs> I think Marcellus Barnes is a guy to watch. Uh, he, when he told me this week that he said that uh, the, third, the, thir- the three-star DB out of Virginia Tech who got a lot of face time with Kirby, Kirby told his family that to not leave Athens for the Ole Miss game until they sat down and talked to him, that was big. That was an impressionable visit. And when he, he, he shared with me that he's not going to be able to visit Blacksburg before he makes his decision, he wants to focus on his high school season. He's in the semis right now. He's got two more weeks. And then that big stress ball of does he go to Georgia? Does he, go to, does he stay with Virginia Tech? Does he even consider Ole Miss? That's the thing that will be in the crosshairs of his life. But right now, just gonna, he's gonna, he told me he's going to leave that up to God. He's going to pray about it. He's going to think about it. But right now he's going to focus on being a high school kid, uh, trying to win a state championship with his high school right now. So, you know, those are, the, those are the flippables right there, I think, a lot of the guys that show up on the top targets list. I know a lot of people are like, hey, is there somebody crazily on the board that uh, is waiting in the wings that Georgia's just going to drop a Kirby special on? I think Andre Evans was a lot th- to do that. That's the one that you kind of been hearing about. Uh, from a big SEC school. Georgia had continued to recruit him. And it's amazing how Georgia can now like have recruits come and watch a practice. And that becomes the stimuli for uh, a flip these days, even from a great school like LSU. All right. I like this one right here. Do you think that we poach any players from Texas A&M? <laughs> I don't think so. I think Texas A&M is a school that's uh, – you know, definitely a little out there. And we, we kind of know, like, what Texas A&M has kind of built its program on. I think maybe the poaching might not be off the class, but off the portal. I think that's what you need to look at there uh, in terms of Texas A&M commitments. I think a lot of those commitments are going to wait and see who the coach is. Kaylee, I, and, you know, the question out there is a good one. I think a lot of people are going to wait and see if uh, A&M is going to open up the Brinks truck, not only to pay off Jimbo, but also to bring in another comparable mega star type coach even if it's Mike Elko at Duke I think that would be a great fit there because Elko used to be a coordinator at Texas A&M and they had some really good um, defensive players but you look at their you know they only they only signed 19 guys in their 2023 class um, on the heels of all those guys they signed in 2020 2022 but you know Cameron Coleman he's a current wide receiver commitment he's a five-star I think he winds up maybe potentially like Auburn or Florida State there uh, you keep going down the list. There's not a lot of guys here on that list uh, that Georgia was really recruiting hard um, in terms of they wanted to add them to the list and just Texas A&M won that race. So I don't think there's a lot of guys that have a longstanding relationship with the dogs there, at least in the recruiting class. Now the transfer portal might be a different story. 
All right, this is the last question of the night. How ready are you on a scale from <laughs> 1 to 10 for the Dog Nation invasion on Saturday? Oh, wow. Now, was that from Brandon Adams? Was that from somebody internal? Uh, that was um, – there were a few people that submitted that question. Well, good. Uh, I'm pretty ready. I think, folks, let's be honest. Let's have a quick team meeting here. Uh, my, my guy, Connor Riley. We love him to death. We're going to have to lay some hands on him and say a prayer for him on that boat. Him and him and him and boats not not the best thing. He might be, he might be you know life jacketed up like crazy, um, but he's going to be a part of the Dog Nation team. That's great. Uh, I think it was pretty cool. I don't know if uh, Kelly. I don't know if you saw it, but somebody had a, a social media edit. Did you see that one with? Don't spoil it. Oh, Stop. don't don't spoil it. That's Stop. for tomorrow. Uno reverse. Uno reverse. Let me pour, let me put that thing in R and back that thing up right there. But I, I I'm just gonna say that you and I, you and I, the dude that the, the people that put together that edit, good job. I really like the second one, second image, not the first image. But that will all become crystal clear to everybody else out there. Um, at least it wasn't an image of uh, Brandon Adams with his with his foot on the helm of a ship like George Washington crossing the Delaware River or something like that. That's going to be fun. I hope the Tennessee folks will play nice with Dog Nation as we try to do a good deed and have a great lifetime memory for folks uh, being a part of the Dog Nation invasion. I'm calling it sailgating, Kaylee. What do you think about sailgating? Do you like that? Do you give that a thumbs up? Do you give that a thumbs down? What do you think about sailgating on the Tennessee River? Sometimes you don't need to... You don't need to rewrite the will. It's I think the word is good as is. Uh-huh. As long as everybody comes off the boat alive and happy, I think that's all we can really ask for. Look at that. The, the, the youth of America, that hopeful spirit there from... World peace and wor- all that good stuff. World peace. You know, there's... Hey, you know what? The American future, we got some hope now. People like Kaylee over there just thinking positively, uh, that's what we got to do. Guys... That has been before the hedges. If you're just jumping in the briar patch and you're wondering what was going on, well, we talked about Nasir Johnson. We, t- we showed him having a really crazy flip. We talked to his head coach, Roger Holmes, at Dublin. We had our dog of the week in Quintavious Johnson, Jr. Can't imagine anybody else there. Any other, any other uh, school in the country has a commitment that had three sacks and four touchdowns in the same game, four touchdowns rushing. We talked about a kind of a good thorough overview of what was happening with a lot of moving pieces with the Ole Miss visits. We shared some good news about uh, Nitro Tuggle, and we also shared words from the man himself, Jaden Perlotti, about how likely it is for him to remain a dog and stick into the Georgia class. We had all that stuff. We had a new question of the week. You guys still trying to work on those Rushmore answers? Very tough to do. All right, Miss Kay, let me put you on the spot one more time. What is your Georgia Bulldog Rushmore for defensive players? Do you have the four dogs that are on your personal Rushmore list? Now, uh, let's go David Pollock. Three-time All-American. That's good. I agree with what you said about Champ Bailey. Let me go Roquan Smith uh-huh. and Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter, number 88, JC88. Now, you know – the young lady, you know, she's gonna get, she's gonna rock with the people that she grew up with in her era. Watched her dominate. I mean, if Kaylee, if Kaylee came out here and said Jake Scott or George Patton and Bill Stanfill from nineteen uh, sixties, oh, Bill, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot. But like, I understand that. I can uh, get with that. Honorable mention, Kirby Smart. You know, I'm surprised nobody said that. Like, you know, the, an acceptable answer would have been to add a fifth face to uh because to the Rushmore because listen we're talking about defensive players and now Kirby was never an All-American but he was I think second team All-SEC 
And when you think of Kirby, you think of defense. And certainly, you think about the defensive Rushmore at the University of Georgia. That, you, Kirby Smart's had a lot to do with that. He could probably put together about three or four Rushmores of defensive players by the time things are all said and done. Guys, it's been Before the Hedges. We threw a lot at you. We appreciate you hanging out. For those guys that will hang out, and we'll see you guys on the Tennessee River. Can't wait for it. Everybody get there safe. We'll have us, ourselves a good old time up in Knoxville, both before, during, and after the game. Guys, that's been a show. Georgia got a flip today from those Gators. Uh, Georgia added to its class. We talked about it a lot on Before the Hedges. Thank you guys for joining us each and every week. Can't tell you how much, how grateful we are to be able to do this every week, talk about Georgia football, Georgia football recruiting, share what we know, and to get you guys a little bit more exciting about this team that has now won so many games in a row. Uh, It's kind of hard to keep up with right now. Guys, it's been a great show, Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. That's been your Intel. Be well. I'm Jeff Sintel, and we'll see you guys again later on the pages of dognation.com. Check you later, everybody. Take it easy. Let's go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle. 